Hey Raiders family, it's Berkey here and welcome to my uh, post-game top 10 review for our game against tonight. So I'm your host David Burke and thanks for joining me, whether it's a good morning, good evening or good afternoon, wherever you might be listening to this top 10 podcast, thanks for joining me. Uh, in another week where we were so close but yet so far, um, zero and two after two rounds of 2018, um, but look, plenty of hope from my perspective 23, 24 rounds to go. So guys, don't give up. All is not lost. couple of little tweaks here and there. And the season can turn really, really quickly. Um, and also very, very quickly. So heads up, guys, as we head into the Warriors game this Saturday. Uh, but look, let's let's maybe look back to uh, last Sunday. Um, and my top 10 for this week, um, I've really tried to concentrate on something I spoke about in my pre-season review, and that's something called the grind. Um, and there were four issues on the four areas on the weekend where I think we we lost that battle, um, and it's something that I think certainly can win a premiership, but we've got to have the mental aptitude to do it. So I want to try and break down those four areas as my top four in the podcast first and foremost, and look at other areas later on in the back end six to get the top ten, but. Um, look, let's start with number one. Uh, the grind part one starred, was basically starring uh, Shannon Boyd. Um, and after weathering a really heavy night onslaught in the first 10 minutes where they'd scored, we managed to get ourselves back into the game really, really well. At the 10-minute mark on the second tackle, <clears throat> about 10 metres out from the Knights line, Boydie held Kenny Dell down for a little bit longer than we than he should have Consequently, we got a penalty. Pierce finds touch on the halfway line. Two tackles later, Leipana, being BJ and Jordan, get penalised for a tackle on Moga, which went wrong, uh, on our 25-metre line. And then from there, the Knights score again. Just bad discipline. There's no need for Boydie to do that 10 metres out on a hot day when they're sort of backpedalling at the 10-minute mark. So in that respect, we lost the grind there. Second part of the grind starred Sam Williams. Fifth tackle, 30 metres out. He ran a blind side, no thicker than an after-dinner mint, and he kicked out on the full. Some people queried if it was out on the full. Um, look, I mean, the replays are inconclusive, but from that perspective, 30 metres out, Newcastle got the ball with a full set of six. There was no scrum, so we, didn't, we weren't able to count the clock down. We weren't able to buy time to get our breath back. We never waste another 30 seconds trying to set the scrum. The Knights had a restart on their 30-metre line. And from there, the next set of six tackles, they marched downfield. The grind part three, then start our forward pack. Pierce runs a narrow blind, gives the Ross Dog some space who kicks in field. Now, our four was in the middle there. The Gubster, Sia, I think Luke Bateman, maybe one other did not follow Connor Watson through and put pressure on me. You may recall previous to that, Jordan Rapana had pressured Connor Watson to dropping the ball over the line. Really critical moment, but Rapana was desperate enough to get back there to put pressure on him. The same situation a few minutes later, and our forwards did not follow Watson, did not follow Watson down the field once again to put pressure on him. Consequently, had an easy run for the line, bounce of the ball goes his way and they score. And suddenly it's 28-26. So we want to move ahead now to the grind part four, 
sadly starring Josh Papali. And we can all now reminisce about how bad that play the ball was. Third tackle, Pierce runs, a, Pierce runs right on the third tackle. We have another bad reading defence. Those three errors basically cost us 18 points, game, set and match. So that's what the grind's about, guys. It's not attitude, it's mental want. It's mental aptitude. Nothing to do with ability. It's just how good your attitude is to get there, to make the play, to be involved, to want to be there. So look, only around two I know, but they're little bits and pieces, those little one percenters we speak about and hear about so often, um, that can cost you. And in this case, the grind cost us 18 points because we didn't want to get in it. So anyway, moving on to the to those four grinds onto our gold line defence, um, we just seem to have a real problem at the moment with our online defence we, where we want to slide left to right instead of moving up. Now, I don't know what the defensive coaches are doing, um, but you'd swear that some of the some of our players have never played with each other before. The likes of Blake, Sam and Jared had bad reads and misses on the weekend. Um, they just seemed to be under pressure to come out of the line to make a big hit or they didn't make a decision to tackle someone when the opportunity arose. Um, but, you know, those things, once again, defence is about want. And if we don't sort it out really quickly, it could get very ugly, particularly as sides we're playing against start to get into their groove with attack. We need to match them in defence and lift it another 5 to 10% to snuff it out. But, yeah, there was just some bad issues there on the weekend, but we do have time, not a lot of time, mind you, to work it out as quickly as possible. Uh, point six this week, I want to talk about Luke Bateman. Now, Luke's not going to win us many games with his attack. That's a fact. But he does some amazing dirty work. Now, on the weekend, we were down to three on the bench after BJ went off at 15 minutes. And look, just some of his gritty runs into the teeth of Knight's defence were just fantastic. Um, look, I sometimes have wavered about Luke with about exactly what he's doing. But you need Luke Batemans in the team. These are the guys that do that shitty, dirty work that other players or other forwards can't do or don't have the second win to do or don't have the nature to do. Luke is that guy you want in your team to do that gritty, crappy work. I think he done maybe mid to high 40s of tackles and he played, I think, nearly the full 80, the full 80 minutes after, after BJ went off and were one man on the bench. So... It's a pretty enormous effort, second game into the year, that he's playing the full 80 minutes. So look, point seven, I want to talk about Blake Austin. Um, Look, for all his deficiencies in defence, I thought he was our most lethal attacker on Sunday night. He just seemed really comfortable having a roving role with no shackles on him to organise or dictate or make sure other players were in position. It seemed like he just worried about himself, and I think that maybe benefits Blake. I don't think he likes to be shackled in attack. I think he just likes to run his own game. If we can have Sam and Aiden on the field at once, I think that just gives Blake that freedom to swing left, swing right, or swing down the middle, and I think that's going to help us. So to me, there were certainly shades of 2015 and 2016 in his game on on Saturday on Sunday night. Let's hope that continues over the next couple of weeks. I think this type of role 
this freelance, um, free range type of style certainly certainly suits him. Point out, I want to talk about Boydie and Paulo. Um, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I just think that Boydie's offering a lot more than than Junior at the moment. Um, when Shannon comes off, I think Junior needs to be steamrolling guys as much as Shannon, particularly at that stage where the opposition looks like they've brought their bench players on. The last couple of weeks, and even in the trial match, I just felt Junior was not as impactful as what Shannon has been, and we really need that impact from Junior. With the size of the guys, he just seems to have been lacking a little bit of venom the last couple of weeks with his runs. I don't know what it is, just from my perspective only, and other people might have their own opinion. Uh, I just felt he he's, um, his input compared to Shannon has not been as lethal and as impactful as what Shannon's brought us in that first 20 to 25 minutes. I thought once again on the weekend in the first 20, 25, board, he was absolutely enormous. Um, uh, disregarding the grind part one, I just felt he just added so much for us in, in the go forward. It was fantastic to see. Um, point nine, I want to talk about Jack Whiten. Look, guys, for the love of God, can we please stop suggesting moving Jack from fullback to put him on the wing, centre, 5'8", or lock, as I read in some of the forums on the weekend. Fullback is one of the hardest positions to play, and it's ridiculous to, to suggest to move Jack out of fullback, so you, you're once again, uh, you're weakening the strength, to put someone like a Nick Kotrick there, who's barely one year into first grade, and once again, you're weakening another strength by moving Nick from the wing. So you're basically weakened two positions by making two changes. Um, I just feel fullback is such a very, very hard position. It's just a crazy thought to try and move Jack out of there into somewhere else. If we need to, just have a straight swap with BJ with another centre or something like that. But we just can't afford to shuffle um, Jack out of that position at that at this point in time, in my in, in in my opinion, and also to move Jordan there from wing to fullback, it just unravels that right side edge. Uh, it's just something we don't need right now. Just leave Jordan where he is. He's one of the best finishers in the world, and I think it's a bad error if we if we move him from that position um, to to elsewhere. Um, and guys, finally, point ten. I want to talk about the bench. Um, look, in my opinion, watching the game from Brisbane, I just felt that Louie and the Gubster just brought some real energy with us on the weekend when they came on. They both ripped in. They ripped and teared as much as possible. Sadly, it didn't get us the chocolates, but they certainly had a, had far more input from my perspective than the Knights bench, and that's what we need each week. I thought Louie was aggressive in his runs, a lot of body movement, hip movement, arm movement. I thought the Gubster really took those grinding runs up, his socks down, that fantastic haircut, his jersey out. He just looked gritty. He just looked like he wanted to be in a shit fight. And that's what we need from our bench. So I was really, really happy with that. Finally, while Havili wasn't actually a bench player, um, it's probably remiss of me of not mentioning his last 10 to 12 minutes where, as an impact small forward, Similar to the Hodjo uh, situation last year, he really made an impact late in the game, setting up the try for for um, uh, Croker with his offload uh, out the back to Aiden. Uh, so look, this is what we need from our bench. Our bench needs to match the opposition's bench, 
and then some by 5%, 10%. But I really felt our bench did did measure up on the weekend. So that's a that's a really positive sign from my perspective. If we can keep if we can keep our four bench players, um, that they're going to have a real real impact in our side to get us home in in some of these games. Um, so guys, look, that's my top ten for the week. Once again, thank you very much for joining. If you want to reach out, have a chat further, you can get me on my uh, Berkey's Top Ten Facebook page. That's at Berkey's Top Ten Facebook page. Uh, or you can get me on Twitter at Berkey Top 10. We'd love to hear your thoughts, uh, your feelings about how the game went. Uh, once again, looking forward to round three this week against the uh, against the Warriors Saturday. I'll be back on online with you sometime uh, Thursday or Friday, guys. So looking forward to your support then. And as always, guys, bleed green. And this is Berkey out. <laughs>